bitches. It's your Uncle Jimmy here at the Rock and Roll Garage. It's Greasy Wheels time. Stay tuned for your weekly dose of Automotive Technician Podcast called Greasy Wheels. Hey, listen, it's called Greasy Wheels for a reason, boys and girls. If you're not being treated right, if you're not being paid enough, grease the fucking wheels, bitches. There is a severe shortage of automotive technicians out there. Don't let anybody push you around or keep you down or pay you jack shit. Get the fuck out. Grease the wheels. That's what it's all about. Listen, before I forget, and I'm not going to forget, but before I forget, let me just say thank you to everybody out there who is doing what they do to keep the world moving. I think, uh, and and, you know, I I say this every week, and after a while, it begins to sound insincere, but it is not. I know that there's an extraordinary amount of things that have to happen out there to keep certain things going. Uh, Things like the internet and power and shipping and trains and shit like that. All that stuff requires people who know a hell of a lot more than I do, who do a hell of a lot more than I do, and whose jobs are a hell of a lot more important than mine and yours possibly even. But, uh, you know, we're all a brotherhood, uh, all of us who are out there wrenching on shit, fixing it, making it go, and, and keeping the people who need that equipment moving and shaking because we need movers and shakers. We have a lot of people who aren't movers and shakers. Uh, listen, that's uh, what I want to talk to you about today. I got a, I got like a two-parter today, okay, because the first part, I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about that. But uh, when I talk about movers and shakers, I'm talking about people who are out there doing things, people who are out there making shit happen, people are out there fixing stuff, people are out there using stuff that got fixed and, and making a difference on the planet. Uh, one of the things that is kind of, I don't want to say it's driving me wild, but it's a little disconcerting is uh, how a lot of uh, Gen Zers, teenagers and very early 20s, people in their very early 20s are uh, just not driving. They don't want to drive. They don't have driver's licenses and they don't have cars and they don't want to drive. They feel like they don't need to do that. Um, and, and I found an article that was talking about it here. It's a staff article, so there's no one to blame, but uh, they make a lot of really good points here, and I want to kind of put this out there, and then I wanted to also kind of point out that this is one of the reasons why there is a huge shortage of technicians, because what we do is really looked down upon by kids these days. Uh, these Gen Zers, they're uh, typically somewhere between, what does it say here, eight, 18-year-olds, uh, right around that area. Uh, being, uh, you know, probably let's say, let's just say fourteen to twenty-four years old. Okay, and I don't know exactly what the the actual age limit of a Gen Zer is, but uh, this is a group of people who are very young and have very heady ideas, very idealistic, and they don't want to do a lot of the things that us old motherfuckers like your Uncle Jimmy are doing and have done in the past. Okay, uh, here's what it goes on to say: the slower growth of licensed drivers and fewer miles traveled by the average driver have potential consequences for our businesses. Okay, sure. You know, they don't want to work on them, but they also don't want to drive them. Okay. Gen Zers do not view the world from behind a steering wheel. Nearly half of 18-year-olds, an estimated 47%, have not acquired their driver's license. Can you even imagine that shit? Some of us can't. I can't. Compared to that, compare that to 1983 when over 85% of 18-year-old boomers, like all boomers, I love how they just, they just want to slot us all in there as being 18 years old in 1983 when it's a boomers, boomers started in 1946. They were 18. What, when they have been 18, 1964? <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's chop the, the generations up a little bit better. But, uh, uh, 85% of 18 year olds in 1983 definitely want to definitely secure the driver's license. Okay. Uh, here's what's going on here. Okay. Gen Z teenagers do not love cars. Okay. They don't love them. America's love affair with cars has been legendary, but in no other country, is the ratio of vehicles to people as high as it is in the U.S., but times are changing. Sure, the special relationship with their vehicles is fading, especially among younger age groups. Many Americans under 20 have significantly different attitudes towards automobiles than previous generations. And this is where, uh, and folks, you and I are going to be affected by this greatly because people who own cars are definitely going to be older than these kids. And people who work on them are going to have to be older than these kids too because the whole thing is is going to be the whole idea of having a car or even fixing one is just going to be seen as as a real a dastardly almost an evil kind of a, a of a profession it's not something they want to have any association with and so what this means is really quite frankly is that there is going to continue to be a shortage of technicians and it is going to become even more excruciating now 
apparently this group of kids that are coming up now are not going to want to have cars either. You know, half of them don't even want to drive a car. They don't want to have a, a car. They don't, they don't feel like they need a car. You know, they can get everything they want on the internet. They can get it delivered by DoorDash. And if they got to go somewhere, they'll just grab an Uber, right? But I don't see that as myself personally, okay, and I don't know how your attitude is towards it. I don't see that as real viable because eventually, you know, if, if you're locked up in your, you know, locked up, if you... <laughs> If you're chilling out in your parents' basement with the internet and that's all you ever want to do, where are you really going to go? I mean, yeah, you could start you could start your own app down there. You could start your own internet company. You could you could start any kind of company you want from your parents' basement. But eventually, you're going to have to get the fuck out of the basement and go do it somewhere else. Lots of businesses start in garages, and lots of people work from home. But it it it's kind of limiting. It's limiting, and a lot of people who work from home. Still have fucking cars, by the way. Here's what this article goes on to say. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this because it has severe implications for all of us. And quite frankly, uh, when the, when some of these implications become real, I don't know, I, I don't know what the term, apocalyptic almost, really, it's going to be kind of dire, the situation that they're creating. I'm not going to be around for that. That'll be a few years in the future, and I won't I won't be working in this business anymore then. If I even If I'm even still alive then, who knows, right? All right, but here's what this goes on to say. Three primary factors are reshaping young Americans' attitude towards vehicles and their use. Environmental concerns, sure. Environmental concerns are absolutely real, boys and girls. We've slathered the planet with asphalt and concrete so we can drive everywhere we want to go. We have built millions and millions and millions of vehicles, which now clog up junkyards all over the planet. And a lot of those vehicles were built without catalytic converters up until the late 60s, mid-70s. And they used to spew, and if you have one, I have one, it they still spew carbon monoxide, which is poisonous. And now the new ones, they spew carbon dioxide. That is, if they still have their catalytic converter, and it works, which is also really not the greatest thing in the world. I mean, the trees on this planet can only scrub so much carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, and if we overwhelm it with A, human beings, and B, automobiles, we may have a problem in the future. Uh, the other one is social media. Okay, social media is telling these kids what to think, or at least you know, telling them that what they think is right. Or maybe how they feel about cars is a good thing. Okay, that's fine. They can feel however they want. I'm not going to tell people how to how to behave or what to think. It's not my it's not my job. And then how cars are perceived. Now cars are perceived as the devil. It's the cause of every fucking problem we've had with the environment. It is the cause of climate change. It is the reason that Antarctica is melting into the ocean. It is the reason for everything. Okay, and so the the automobile has to die. Okay, fine. Go ahead and try to kill it. I'll figure something out. I think we'll all figure out something something else. Honestly, you know, we are trapped in uh in the in the technological binders of our time. You know, the infrastructure was put into place a long time ago. Uh automobiles were invented a long time ago and have and have evolved, okay, quite frankly, to the point that they are right now. But that is uh something that, you know, we didn't start and we certainly aren't gonna end it. But we are moving towards a more viable type of, uh, of automobile. And the real problem with the automobile is, and I think that this is glossed over a great deal, okay? And, and Gen Zers haven't realized this either, okay? They're not that fucking smart. They're not, they're not any smarter than we are. And they're not any different than we are. And if they think by not driving that they're going to save the planet, well, fine. Let them stay off the fucking road. I've had enough with the traffic I have to deal with, okay? If they don't want to drive, fuck them. Don't let them drive. But the real problem is, okay, when it comes down to nuts and bolts, this is it, that automobiles are personal transportation devices. That's what they are. They're personal. I own one. I own several actually, but I ha I drive one. I drive by myself. I don't give anybody else a ride. I don't pick up other people. Okay. I could, but for the most part, my automobile, my car is a personal transportation device. I dr get up in the morning, I go out, I get in it and I drive to work. I shut it off. I fix other people's personal transportation devices. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they have whatever it is they have in their life. It's still personal. They don't need to have people in the car with them. They can drive it by themselves. Some of these fucking vehicles weigh twice as much as my regular daily driver. Some of them will carry twice as many people, even three times as many people as my daily driver. And yet they drive them all alone and they use just as much fuel as I do. And they're probably going farther than I go. I live pretty close to where I work. So as far as saving the environment, hey, I'm doing what I can. I'm not doing that much, 
But you know what? When I make somebody's car run right, there's a lot less pollution in the world, right? Anyway, to get back to my point, the point is is that personal transportation devices are really what's killing our environment and our climate. Now, if we were to figure out a good way that we could have some sort of a private personal transportation device that worked well with everybody else's personal transportation device, read i.e. like a small pod that ran along a track of some sort, or maybe even took us to a train station where we could then commute together to wherever it is we want to go, or possibly even to a airport, because actually uh, airlines are very fuel efficient considering how many people go, how far they go, not just how quickly. So that's that to me is the real problem is is that is that people, not just Americans, all people on this planet, we really don't use public mass transit enough. It's not even it's not even considered an option in some places. And if it is, it's not used as widely as it should be. And that's one way you could conceivably get away without having a car and still have a pretty good quality of life in your life is by having access to very good mass transportation. It uh, doesn't really exist just yet. And uh, I'm not sure that anybody's out there really advocating for something like that. But if they could get you out of the device that you use as personal transportation and get you into a mass kind of a transit situation, that would also help to relieve some of the problems that you might feel like we're having with the environment and with climate concerns and climate change, okay? Nobody's really sure how much we've affected the climate. Nobody's really sure what the environmental concerns are. I believe, I believe... This is an old George Carlin way of thinking, but the planet's going to be just fine, okay? Trust us. The planet has survived all kinds of of shit, shit that was worse than us. Dinosaurs, are you kidding me? 65-ton animals beating the shit out of the landscape? What the fuck? This made a feral pig problem look like a fucking, look like nothing. Seriously, you think that those little animals are destroying the planet. Imagine having a few hundred thousand 65-ton fucking dinosaurs romping around on your farm. Yeah, I think they're going to crush everything. Just just kind of a just kind of a guess, okay? This planet is going to be fine. It's the human race that we kind of have to be worried about. And and, and I think that the worry is uh I don't think it's as is is uh worrisome as some people think it is. I think it's just, it's it is worrisome and there are things, some things that we should do, but uh we need to also uh continue to try to live our lives and have I don't know. We need to. We just. We just need to continue to survive and do what we do. And if we, if there's anything that we can do to help maintain the environment and 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 thwart climate change, then we need to do those things. Uh, but we also need to agree on what to do. Okay. Uh, let me get back to the point here. Uh, they think that social media is going to replace driving. Uh, I, I. That's. That's just wrong on so many levels. Uh, there's been a steady decline. In, in driver's license, changing consumer perceptions and vehicle use, sure, uh, aftermarket impact, our, the impact on us is going to be substantial. I mean, imagine uh, just for a second, okay, let's say you're working in an area where you have uh, uh, maybe 10,000 cars and you have a shop and you're busy working on about, let's say you have five technicians and you can crank out about 25 cars a day just as an average, okay? Now let's say that you're suddenly, uh, you know, over the course of time, obviously, but suddenly now, instead of having 100,000 cars in, in your immediate area, now you have 50,000. Now you're going to have less cars to work on, all right? But there's also going to be less technicians. So you're going to have to figure something out. You're going to have to, you're going to have to anticipate the lack of growth in the in people driving cars and the lack of growth of people who want to work on them, which is going to be probably just about the same. So you'll have to figure out what you want to do. You'll have to figure out how you're going to handle this. If you if you want to try to have a younger group of consumers as your customers, I think you're going to enjoy. I think you're going to enjoy. I don't. I don't want to use the word enjoy. I think you're going to have a significant amount of problems because they're just not going to be there in mass. Fifty percent of them don't want to drive a car. Fifty percent of them see a car as as evil as as the devil's the devil's wheels. <laughs> All right. So that's something to consider for you folks. Now that's really all I want to say about that really. Uh I think that they're going to have to something's something's going to happen whereby transit uh for certain people, these Gen Zers is mass transit and that they become better at using it, become become better at supplying it maybe 
and maybe they get an old prick like me to fix it when it breaks down. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, it, the society that we built wasn't perfect. We knew it wasn't perfect. We've never thought that it was perfect, uh, but we've had a lot of fun with cars over the years. I have anyway. Uh, if people don't want to have the kind of fun that, that we or or I have been having with cars, that's fine. Fuck them. Let them have fun jerking off to the internet. <laughs> All right, that's enough on that subject. Let me get back to uh, let me get back to a real subject that uh, uh, that I wanted to bring to you this week. Uh, and I think a lot of you are feeling the pinch of this. And I I was surprised that a lot of people have cited the same thing. We have been uh, excruciatingly slow over the last probably three four weeks, and to the point where it's making me doubt what I do for a living and where I do it and why I even do it. Um, when you have all day to sit around and and uh, complain about the lack of work. That's that's never a good thing for technicians because uh, we are, as a group, we're we're pretty big fucking complainers. I know I am. Uh, after a while, it wears me out, and I like to just shut up. Which is sometimes why the podcast sucks because I I just get tired of complaining all the time. And there's there's there seems like there's no answers for it. Now I've been told by a few people who know things that when the stock market and the economy and the federal government starts fucking around with the money and starts fucking around with the, you know, how much interest rates there are, how much, how much the interest rate is and, 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 and all kinds of economic things that a lot of people kind of send themselves into a panic and they decide that they're not going to spend money. And one of the things that they don't want to spend money on, and they already know, quite frankly, boys and girls, they already know that they don't want to spend money on these things. When it comes to their automobile, there's added pressure now to not spend any fucking money on it, which sucks for us because we're the ones that get some of that money. We don't get it all. Let me just reassure you, if you're a non-technician and you're one of these people who feels like technicians are always ripping you off, we're not getting all the money. We get a sliver of the money. I make $30 an hour. My boss makes $200 an hour. Who's the crook? Who's ripping you off? It certainly fucking isn't me. This particular article I found, I wanted to kind of uh, uh, put it out there for you. This one's about how long customers and consumers like to put off repairs and why. Okay, it's another staff article. Uh, what it was, was they surveyed a thousand U.S. drivers. So it's real easy to figure out the percentages when they say something to the tune of 64% of respondents report delaying necessary maintenance. The current issues they are actively ignoring and how they think different repair, how much they think different repairs cost. So 64% means that 640 people out of a thousand said that they report delaying necessary maintenance. Hey, you know what? Life is a crap game, baby. If you want to put all your money on 22 black, knock yourself out. You want to delay doing maintenance on some of this high-tech shit that some of you motherfuckers out there have? Knock yourself out. Because I can replace an engine just as easily as I can do an oil change in it. But here's what the article goes on to say. And then some of their uh, thoughts here are, are so completely ignorant that it, it really was kind of funny to read this, okay? Now, you and I know that... And, and and if you don't know this, then maybe this is uh, something that you need to consider. Maintenance is a real zero-sum game kind of a thing. Okay, now most people know that you need to change the oil in your engine on a semi-regular basis, but it's not something that ever really fixes anything, unless, of course, your engine oil was super low, but it doesn't fix anything. So there's no uh, sense of reward to doing the maintenance other than knowing that you fucking did it. This is a problem that we have in the automotive industry is that when we ask people to spend money on maintenance, they know already in their mind pretty much, unless they got a, unless they got their driver's license yesterday and they bought a car that day, they know that maintenance is not something that they spend money on and then they notice that their car works better. They have to be satisfied with the fact that their car is just going to continue to work the same fucking way. And this is why we have a big problem with this. This is why everybody has a big problem with this, whether you're a customer or a shop owner or a technician, maintenance is a zero-sum gain. You just don't see the results. In fact, what you see is a, is a definite lack of disastrous results. And if somebody put it like that, then maybe they could sell more maintenance, but that's uh, that's a subject for a whole other podcast. The uh, terminology that is used to sell maintenance, 
uh, sometimes just doesn't work. The disastrous effects of not performing maintenance are usually typically never conveyed to a customer who is, in fact, ignoring maintenance. Here's what it goes on to say. A new survey of 1,000 U.S. drivers cast a light on what car maintenances they are most likely to put off and for how long, what they think certain repairs cost, and how much they could afford to spend on vehicle repairs in an emergency. Now, that's uh, that's kind of a little misnomer. How much they could afford to spend on vehicle repairs in an emergency. I honestly believe that all vehicle repairs are in an emergency. I mean, does that sound right to you? I mean, how many times do people go, you know, I think I think my water pump might might be going. It hasn't gone yet, but let's just change it in case it does feel like going out soon. That's that's not really a maintenance item. I mean, in some cases, maybe, yes, it is, actually. If you're doing a timing belt or a timing chain of some sort and the water pump is readily accessible while you're doing it and it only costs a few bucks, yeah, you want to throw a water pump in there, and that might be considered a maintenance item. But as far as uh, vehicle repairs in an emergency, all vehicle repairs pretty much would constitute an emergency of some sort. To find out the most common approaches that drivers take when it comes to car maintenance and repairs, uh, somebody asked how they maintain their cars. The survey found out how long people put off repairs, the current issues they are actively ignoring, and how much they think different repairs cost and more. Here's the key findings, okay? Now, remember, they're talking about a 1,000 people. So when I say something like 46% of drivers, we're talking about 460 drivers out of a 1,000. 46% of drivers say they have paid for a car repair in the past that they believe could have been avoided if they were better about getting scheduled maintenance done. What I take away from that is that 40%, 46% of drivers are fucking dumbasses. Because if you had a car repair and somebody came up to you and said, you know, Jesus, if you just change the oil a little more often, you wouldn't have needed a new fucking engine. Or you would, you know, if you'd, if you'd let me uh, do a coolant flush, we might not have had to replace all the hoses and the, uh, and, and the thermostat and the water pump. You know, if you had just done, you know, the brake fluid flush, you would have known that it was low and that, you know, pretty soon you were going to have air in the system and then you wouldn't have slammed into that fucking truck or a school bus full of cheerleaders. Either way, disaster, disastrous things can happen. You and I both know this. Disastrous things can happen when you don't do your fucking maintenance. The problem is, and this is the real honest-to-God problem, boys and girls, because as technicians, we don't typically talk to our customers. We have somebody else who does that. And they are typically void of all of the shit that can happen to somebody if they don't do their fucking maintenance. They don't know. They don't know that certain things need to be done to avoid problems in the future. And if they don't know, then they can't properly sell those services to the people who need them. So 46% of drivers say that they have paid for a car repair in the past that they believe could have been avoided if they were better about getting scheduled maintenance done. I would like to add to that 46% of drivers say they have paid for a car repair in the past that they believe could have been avoided if a service advisor had explained to them that if they continue to avoid that rep- that maintenance, that that's what's going to fucking happen. If you don't do the maintenance and you're just like, oh, well, a car will keep running. If somebody comes along and explains to you, well, okay, yeah, your car will keep running for a little while longer, but then eventually it's going to up and fucking die on you and probably in the middle of traffic and you might get hit and you might even get killed. Do you understand? Maintenance is maintenance is really not optional. It's not optional. And that's the failure of a service advisor. That's the failure of a garage. That's the failure of people who should be in contact with these 46% of drivers who had to pay for a car repair that they shouldn't have had to pay for if someone had just explained to them that they would have to pay for that car repair, they don't do the fucking maintenance. The next point they have here, and this one is 69%, so this is 690 out of 1,000 drivers say that they delay getting maintenance done even after they know it's due. Uh, that's just basically uh, who gives a fuck, right? The who gives a fuck, uh, who gives a, it's, it's the who gives a fuck uh, complex, right? Uh, who gives a fuck? I don't need to do that. You know, my beef is, you've heard this before, if you've ever listened to this, is air filters. Hey folks, where I'm living, it's a really super dusty climate, really super dusty climate. I remember the day I showed up here to move down here from up north, there was a dust storm. 
Now, I haven't seen one since. Of course, I'm not outside all that much, but there was fucking sand in the fucking air. Where do you think that sand is going when your car's running? Into the air filter. Do you think maybe you ought to change your air filter every once in a while? Uh, uh, but I don't want to. I don't need it. I don't want it. Uh. Oh, God. I'm telling you, so folks, and, and you've heard this before, and it, it just goes on and on and on, but I've probably a- attempted to sell 100, you know, it's May, right? Maybe 100, 150 air filters since the beginning of the year or since I got back to work again. Uh, and out of that, I probably sold two. The service advisors have sold two. Now listen, your car can't blow its nose, okay? So if you've got shit in the air filter, it blocks the air going into it, and it de- it decreases the efficiency of your car. And eventually, yeah, eventually it could stop it from running. I've seen that in two cases in my lifetime where an air filter was so fucking plugged up, it that car would not run. 69%, 690 drivers out of 1,000 say they delay getting maintenance even after they know it's due because they're fucking cheap. They're cheap. They don't want to spend money on their cars. They never want to spend money on their cars. They don't want to make the car payments. They don't want to make the insurance payments. They don't want to pay for the gas. They don't want to pay for the maintenance. And, and if they can get away with doing not doing any of that, they will. And that includes usually the first one on the list is maintenance. They say, ah, fuck the maintenance. I'll get it done later. People who procrastinate. And seriously, there's another 46% of them. So out of 690 people, there's 460 people who fucking put off getting their shit done. And it fucked their car up. And that's well over 50% of those 690 people. Okay, the next one is 64% of drivers are currently putting off some sort of vehicle maintenance. Yeah. Well, what can I say? And it's the same thing we all say, you know, fuck them. I can change an engine oil filter or I can change an engine. Which do you prefer? Dumbass. The next one is 58% of drivers say that they could not afford an emergency car repair costing more than $1,000 right now. Yet, okay, so that's 580 people say they could not afford an emergency car repair costing more than a Geno. But these are the same motherfuckers who don't want to come in and pay you 50 75 or 100 dollars for an oil change they're also the same ones who will stand there with that sad sack fucking look on their face when you tell them that your their engine has thrown a connecting rod because the oil hadn't been changed in thirty thousand miles and it was super fucking low on top of that and the oil filter collapsed and no longer filtered it and their air filter let dirt into their engine because it was so fucking packed with shit that i found another way to get in that's when they find out the value of doing maintenance. Now, uh, here, here's the next the next part of this is uh, the cost of putting off car maintenance. Uh, and this is from our point of view, folks, quite frankly. It isn't uncommon for drivers to put off maintenance on their cars. Sure, we all do it. But I mean, I only put it off for maybe 25, 50 miles. It can be easy to lose track of when an oil change is due. Yeah, it can be easy to lose track of it. Except for most cars nowadays have a light that pops up and says, change a fucking oil, dumbass probably what it should say anyway or overlook the condition of your tires now tires are another one tires are another one and when we get vehicles into our shop and i believe that probably you know 90 percent of shops are the same way when you get a car in for an oil change you're gonna look at the tires too because you probably have a tire machine within 100 feet and you probably even carry tires at least for the vehicles that you usually work on or you have some sort of availability to tires and then when you go to change the oil and you look at the tires on that car, which you should do 100% of the time, and you see that they're all f- fucked up, and you say to the customer, hey, come here and take a look at this, your tires are all fucked up, and I don't even want to let you really drive out of here like this. And someone will go, I don't want tires. I don't want tires. Yeah, well, buddy, I don't want you hitting a school bus full of cheerleaders. So you're you're either going to have to get tires or we're going to have a tow truck tow you off the lot so that we don't have any liability in your idiotic uh, hit me with vehicular manslaughter charges kind of rational. We're not going to we're not going to be a part of that. That's part of our job. We will look at your tires when we're changing your oil. If you do it on a regular basis, we will look at your tires every time if you need them. We will tell you you need them. We will give you a price on them. If they're, and in a lot of places, because the margin on tires is usually pretty good. In a lot of places, if you say, oh, you know, so-and-so has tires down the road that are a little cheaper. Well, unless they're real, honest to God, super ass cheap, shitty Chinese knockoff tires. 
will probably match the price. Either way, we need you to put tires on your car if your car, if your tires on your car are fucked up. That's not something that you can really put off. Because if you're going 90 miles an hour down the fucking road and you've got your iPhone in one hand and your knee is steering the wheel while you eat a cheeseburger and you have a tire blowout, somebody is going to fucking die. And hopefully it's just you. Tires are that fucking important. You know that. You have to have somebody who can convey the importance of their tires to the customer. And right now, I don't believe I have those people in place at all where I work. They just go, oh, technician says you need tires. Yeah, well, I don't want tires. Okay, see you later. Never mind how bad they are. Never mind how fucking bad they are. That's part of the problem that we have. People who let you put off car maintenance. Regardless of why drivers are putting off vehicle maintenance, it may be costing them in the long run. No shit. Nearly half of those surveyed, 46%, believe that they had to pay for a car repair that could have been avoided if they'd simply done a better job of keeping up with the maintenance. How many people are putting off car maintenance? Despite such a large percentage of the population understanding from personal experience the dangers of putting off car maintenance, the majority of the drivers are actively doing that right fucking now. 64% of people say they are aware of an active car maintenance need on their vehicle and that they are currently putting off getting it repaired or maintained they're putting it off and you know what that number i think is shot through the stratosphere now that the economy is in such a flux they can't figure out how to fund the government interest rates go up and and the stock market is fucking falling off a cliff and people are reacting to that by not spending money on their cars they're still driving their fucking cars They're just not as safe as they used to be, or they're not as safe as they should be at least. And that costs us all. Which of the following maintenance tasks are our customers currently putting off? Well, 28% of them are putting off an oil change, 17% a tire replacement, another 17% are putting off a check engine light that came on. They have no idea what the check engine light's on for. You know what? Neither do I. (laughs) How about that shit, huh? And I'm a trained automotive technician. I don't know why your check engine light's on. There's fucking five to 10,000 reasons why it could be on. And I don't know, I don't know which one it is. And it's, it could be more than one. Sure, if I scan it, I might be able to figure out why it is. But if you don't come in because you're too fucking cheap to get it diagnosed, you're never going to know. I'm never going to know. And whatever it is could conceivably ruin your fucking engine. Wheel alignment, 16%. They're putting that off. Getting the brakes looked at, 16%. That's the one that scares me the most, really, honestly. Because uh, here's the thing with brakes. Car in motion is full of kinetic energy, basically. It's a physical property. It means it's fucking moving. It's got all kinds of energy to it. If you can't stop that fucking thing, it's basically going to slam into something. If your brakes don't work and you're going 100, your car eventually will come to a stop one way or another, whether it hits something or it just rolls to a stop and has no more energy to move forward. How often does that happen? Almost never. If your brakes go out or if your brakes are bad and you need to stop, and you fucking can't kiss your ass goodbye. Brakes are the most important thing, okay? Because if your car doesn't start, if your car doesn't start, or if the tranny's bad and it doesn't move, your car is the most inert thing on the planet. It is just a big lump of fucking steel that ain't going nowhere. But once it's fucking moving, it is the most, it is, honest to God, one of the most dangerous things on the road. Because here's something that people don't talk about a lot. Cars kill a shitload of people. They kill a shitload of people because when you are going fast... And suddenly you stop going fast. That's pretty deadly. And it can be deadly for you. And it can be deadly for any other vehicle or person or thing that you hit. So how important are brakes? Really, really fucking important. And 16% of people are putting off getting them checked. Do you know why they're putting off getting them checked? Because they're afraid it's going to cost them money to get them fixed. (laughs) Uh, And you know what? Some of those fucking people are going to hump their ass down to the auto zone and get pads and try to slap them on. And maybe, you know, probably probably 50% of the time they do it right. But the other 50% of the time, yeah, carnage ensues. They do it wrong. Something's not installed correctly. Something comes apart. Fluid leaks out. It's dangerous as shit. If you have no idea what you're doing, if you have no idea what you're doing when it comes to brakes, you need to leave it to somebody who does know what they're doing. Even if that involves taking it to one of these shiza houses where they fucking just fix brakes. Even if it involves calling one of these mobile mechanics who just does brakes. These people are at least 
semi-skilled at putting brakes on your vehicle. Obviously, taking it to the OEM manufactured franchise dealer would be the best option. I feel like it's the best option. It's also going to cost you the most, but they're going to use OEM parts and they're going to use factory trained technicians. So can you go wrong? Well, you could, but probably not. Brakes. Your brakes have to fucking work, okay? Because really everything else on this list, it just, the destruction that it can cause is just to your vehicle and your wallet. But having your brakes not work, that's destruction that could be caused to so many other things. Cracked windshield, 15%. That's a that's a good one. I like that. I have a cracked windshield right now. I'm not in any hurry to replace it. I replace windshields all the time at work. It's, it's funny because some people will go and uh, actually deny or decline having their windshield replaced, and they will have cracks all through their windshield. And there's other people who have a small chip in the corner away from where they even look through the windshield and they have to have a brand new one. It's so weird what some people what some people will put up with and some people will not. Uh, replacing fluids, you know, we're talking probably brake fluid and coolant, maybe even just washer solvent, who fucking knows. Uh, 13% are ignoring that. Replacing filters, that's 11% of people who are ignoring that. I think that that's actually higher. In my experience, it's higher. Vehicle recalls, these can be dangerous. Uh, there's still a great deal of those Takata airbags out there. There's some cars that never got them. They've gotten letters. They've gotten letters. They've been bombarded with letters saying, hey. And as a matter of fact, it's uh, BMW has just sent out letters to people who own cars that still have Takata airbags in them and have not responded to the recall, telling them that they should not drive their vehicles until they get these airbags replaced. Okay, because over time they degrade and they, it's been a long time for some of these cars. They're talking about cars that are hitting 25 years old, 25, 20, 25 years of age. These cars have become more and more dangerous with these Takata airbags in them because time has degraded them. Okay, so vehicle recalls of 10% of these people are taking their lives in their own hand. If they actually do hit something and the airbag goes off, they're going to be dodging chunks of fucking shrapnel as well. And if they don't dodge these chunks of shrapnel, which they probably won't, they'll slice through them like a fucking hot knife through butter. Okay, so if you're ignoring a vehicle recall, especially if it's a Takata airbag, you should fucking get your dealer, get the franchise dealer for your vehicle on the phone and get that shit replaced. Get that shit replaced, okay? Uh, replacing headlights, sure, you got to see where you're going. 8% of people are ignoring that. Getting engine noises examined, you're 7% of people are ignoring that. I would say those 7% of those people should go ahead and continue to ignore that because it's a lot easier for me to replace an entire engine assembly than it is to maybe go in and, uh, you know, re-put bearings in it or maybe redo a camshaft. And it's more lucrative for me to just do the whole fucking engine. And it's easier, <laughs> by the way. It's easier. And then there's other, they have others here, 5% of uh, some other maintenances that uh, uh, some are specialized, like DEF uh, refills and, and maybe spark plug changes and that sort of shit. There, there's 5% of people ignoring that. There's a hell of a lot of work out there that's getting ignored. And you know what? I think if you get a vehicle in your shop and and the customer is attempting to ignore, <laughs> attempting to ignore something that the vehicle needs that's where you need a really a, a, a skilled and i mean this i mean this uh i really i i can't i can't even think of the word i want to say here but i i really mean this honestly that you need a skilled service advisor who can inform that customer that if they're going to ignore this, that, or the other thing, the dire things can happen to them that you don't want to see happen to them and that we can very easily take care of it. Uh, you know, ignoring an oil change, we know what can happen there. Tire replacement, ignoring that, that can be deadly. Uh, check engine light replacement, that's uh, that's going to infect the environment. You know, we have some, a whole group of kids coming up now who feel like that's the worst thing going. So if you have a check engine light, you definitely want to get that looked at so that your, uh, your teenage uh, son or daughter doesn't hate you for destroying the environment uh wheel alignment i don't know how important that is brakes that is extremely important going back to the wheel alignment obviously tire replacement and wheel alignment go hand in hand if your alignment is out you'll eat tires if it's out badly cracked windshield obviously you need to see where you're going replacing fluids a lot of fluids in a vehicle are very important transmission fluids important if you want to keep moving power steering fluids important if you want the wheel to turn easily uh, obviously there's a lot of ladies out there driving cars and if the uh, power steering went out because the fluid went low it's going to be very difficult for them to turn the car and they may hit something 
That's what happened to one of my cars. Uh, vehicle recalls. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, do I need to explain to you what the Takata airbags do? I don't. Uh, headlights, obviously, uh, you need to see where you're going at night. Engine noises being examined. Uh, a service advisor should be all over that. They listen, we're going to have to go in there and figure out what that noise is so that we can correct it now before we need to give you a new engine or before somebody needs to give you a new engine. It's not a sales tool uh, to say, you know, if you have an engine noise, we need to we need to look at it. We need to look at it. This article goes on to say basically what we've already learned here. The most common bit of maintenance being put off is the oil service. In that regard, uh, more than a quarter of the drivers are ignoring that. That is a maintenance issue that drivers feel like they can let slide for a while with relative safety. Uh, yeah, okay, sure thing. Uh, you got to let anything slide. Let that slide. But, uh, you know, because a lot of vehicles nowadays use synthetic oil. Synthetic oil is still oil at the end. It's just dirty. Goes on to say here in that regard, nearly one out of every five people, 17% are driving on tires that need to be replaced. Same percentage are ignoring the check engine light. In addition to asking how many drivers are currently operating vehicles that need maintenance and repairs, the survey also wanted to know how long they typically wait to get those services performed once they become aware of them. Fewer, here's what it says, fewer than one third of the people, that's 31%, that's 310 people out of a thousand, say they do not delay at all. I think that Quite a few of those 310 people are fucking liars. Nobody really comes in with their vehicle for services and are on the money, right? You know this. They're a couple hundred miles over. Maybe they're a thousand miles over. It's as close as they could get. They put. They say they don't delay at all. That's bullshit. They're delaying a little bit. Maybe they have trouble getting an appointment with your place. So there's a delay there. Maybe they uh, they didn't notice. There might be a delay there. Maybe somebody else was driving the car. Somebody else who doesn't give a fuck about the car. Maybe their fucking Gen Z teenager is driving the fucking car and says, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to tell dad he needs to change the oil in his Porsche. Why would I do that? He's going to blame me for it. <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, 31% say they do not delay at all getting maintenance done. I think that that's, that's inflated. I think a lot of people think they're better at it than they are. Uh, I would like for that number to be higher. I'd like for that number to also be true. I just don't believe it's true. Uh, how long do you typically delay getting car maintenance done? Car maintenance tasks done after you know they need to be done. No delay, 31%. Yeah. Uh, less than two weeks, 43%. Now, I think that that's probably higher. I think a lot of people who are savvy, who are smart, people who know things, and I think a lot of people out there actually are savvy and smart and do know things. I want to give uh, the customers, at least where I'm from, I want to give them credit. I, I think a lot of them are, well, because the brand I work for is a luxury brand. So I get people who are typically doing a little better financially and, uh, you know, they, they're a little smarter. Okay. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to debate with anybody who has the smartest customers. I'm not going to mention the brand I work for. Some of you know, they seem to be a little better about performing the maintenance. So uh, less than two weeks, I think that that could probably stand to be higher. I think with certain makes of cars, you're going to get people who don't want to do the maintenance because they can't afford it or they don't want to afford it. I think that there's certain cars out there that people buy because they're cheap and they have to actually roll change to make the car payments. They have to, you know, roll spare coins and drive for DoorDash and Uber to make enough money to actually pay for that car. So when it comes to maintenance, they're going to put that shit off as long as they can or as long as they think they can. And that's where the problem lies is because nobody really knows how long they could safely put off any repair. Not even me. I don't know. I mean, I get my oil. I change the oil in my vehicles before it's due. So I'm beating the average there. Uh, I keep a real sharp eye on my tires. I can tell when they're going away. I don't even need to look at them. If I'm going around a corner and it's, been, and it's been raining and the back end starts to get a little loose, I can tell. I can almost tell you how much tread is left there. I can almost tell you if the tire pressures are set. But like you, as as technicians, we're more in tune with what goes on with our own vehicle. So if we put off something, it's only because we're just fucking lazy. <laughs> the other delay times were two to four weeks. There was 12% there. I think that that's higher and the less than uh, the no delay is lower. So I think that's where they shift into uh, less than two weeks. I think that that might be a little higher depending on the brand. Uh, they didn't mention anything about that. And then one month or more, 14% of people are putting stuff off for a month or longer. And those are people that I like. I like those people. Put your maintenance off as long as you want. Because the more you put off maintenance, the more that fucker's going to need when it finally blows up or goes south. And then uh, I'm going to make big money on you. Really, seriously. It's like the old Fram commercials, baby. You can pay me now or you can pay me later. But you are going to fucking pay me. Now, it says here, 43% of people are relatively 
It's relatively quick to perform repairs. I think that that's high, too high. Getting them done within two weeks of the issue in question is arising. Uh, however, that means that more than a quarter of drivers, 26%, wait two weeks or more to fix their vehicles, including the 14% that take a month or more to get their vehicle into the shop. I believe that those figures uh, don't take into account the brand they don't take into account the financial situations of the people who own those cars. And so it's 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 skewed a great deal. Like I said, I work for a luxury brand. So those people are more in tune with doing the maintenance of their car because they have a tendency to be smarter. They're not all brilliant, but they there is a definite uh, increase in the intelligence of the people who buy the cars that I work on compared to those who buy Hyundais and Kias and those sorts of things. And I'm not going to, I don't want to get into a debate as to who has the smartest customers I already, already, already kind of put that off the edge of the table here. Maybe we'll talk about that later. I think that that's actually a very good podcast subject, but for right now, I don't want to, I don't want to go into that because I would like to have some empirical evidence to support or possibly, uh, uh, rebut my uh, my thinking on that. Now, it says here, why are people putting off car repairs? What is the most you could afford to spend on an emergency car repair with the money in your account today? The median answer is $765. I can tell you right now that almost all the repairs I do cost more than that because the cars I work on, like I said, uh, they're higher, they're luxury cars. So the parts for them are fucking astro fucking They cost a shitload of money for the parts to fix the cars that I work on. And it, it, it melts my brain some days, how much that shit costs. And so if you want even the simplest fucking thing done at our place, it's going to be a G note to start. $765 isn't going to do shit. Uh, here it goes on to say that uh, here's what's the most you could spend. Most people put down less than $500 they could afford to spend 33% of the time. Between $500 and $1,000, 25% of the time. That's a lot, okay? That's more than 50%. Uh, and then the rest... Adds up to, yeah, apparently there's some people out there, 13% of people could afford afford to spend $10,000 plus on an emergency car repair. God bless them. Uh, I hope that they live in my area. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, levels here, 1,000 to 2,000, 11%, 2,000 to 5,000, 14%. That's, I think. All that shit's high. $5,000 to $10,000, 4%. That sounds more like it. And we're talking 1,000 people here, okay? So uh, 110 people said they can afford to spend between 1,000 and 2,000. 140 people said they could spend 2,000 to 5,000. 40 people said that they could afford to spend between five and 10 grand. And 130 people said that they could afford a repair bill an emergency repair bill that was over 10K. I'd like the names and the addresses and the kinds of cars that those folks drive. That would be good for me. If nearly half of those surveys had to pay for an avoidable repair due to negligent car maintenance, why do so many people put off their repairs for so long? Well, the, the answer is they're cheap and stupid. It's a deadly, deadly combination. And I, I got to admit, your Uncle Jimmy, he's he's guilty of that. He's cheap and stupid sometimes. I have to buy good stuff sometimes, but if I don't have to, I'm not going to. When asked how much they could afford to pay towards an emergency repair right now, 58% they could not afford to pay for anything costing more than a grand. That includes one-third of the people, 33% who could not afford a repair that comes with a price tag in excess of $500. $500 doesn't even get your bumper waxed at my place. Uh, how much do people think car repairs cost? Okay, we're going to go through that. That's going to be the end of the article here, but this is a, a very telling sort of a, a statistic here, and I kind of want to go into it. And then I'll get off and I'll stop bothering you today, okay? How much do people think car repairs cost? Yeah, they don't fucking know. And and this is a problem that we have because we'll come at them with a quote for a car repair and, they'll, and it will shock them. It shocks them how much the parts are. It shocks them how much the, uh, the uh, labor is. It just shocks the fuck out of them. And that's not our fault as the technicians, okay? Let me just go off on a little tangent here. It is not our fucking fault that you put off your repairs. It is not our fault that your shit fucking broke. We are there to fix your shit. We're there to maintain your shit. We're there to do whatever you need to have done to your car. You're in charge of what it needs. You're in charge of what it needs. Let me let that sink in for a minute. If your car needs an oil change at 5,000 miles, you're responsible for bringing it in and getting it done. Not me. If you decide that you don't want to come in at 5,000 miles to get your oil changed, you're going to come in after, eh, who knows, 10, 11, 12, 15,000 miles. And that oil is fucking used up and filthy dirty and ruining your engine. After a couple of long-term 
oil change delays, you're going to be looking at an engine assembly. You're responsible for that. You as the car owner, you as the automobile owner. The problem we have is that there is a huge disconnect between the technicians and the customers, and that's where the service advisors come in. And that's where we have a real problem. It's because they can't seem to convey, at least in my experience, I think probably, I'm going to pick a number out of thin air here, I think 70, 75% of, of, of service advisors can't correctly convey to people how fucking important maintenance is to their shit. They don't know how a car fucking works. They don't know why it works. They don't know why it keeps working. Oh, they think they do. They think they know what's wrong with everything, but they fucking don't. They're wrong a lot. You know how I know that? Because I hear some of the shit they say to people. And it fucking, it's, it's, it's science fiction sometimes. The real problem with this isn't how much it costs or whether it needs to be done. It's who's telling them it's okay or not okay to get this shit done to their car. When I tell somebody, hey, you know what? Your tires, they're about 80% worn. You're going to need them soon. A couple, two, 3,000 miles are going to be shot. I am a fucking expert. I am looking at the tires. I am six motherfucking inches away from that tire with a fucking thing that measures them. I can see that they're worn evenly or they're worn unevenly. I can see when there's cords hanging out of them or if there isn't. I can see that you're going to need some real fucking soon and that you're going to suffer from traction problems because you don't have any tread or you have very little tread. I can also look right at them and tell you, hey, you're not going to pass a state inspection with us. Not going to happen. But then I've got to tell a service advisor and somehow or another in his brain, he's like, yeah, whatever. I don't want to tell this guy he needs tires. That's part of the fucking problem. They're missing that point here, but I, I just made it for him. We have, the, we have a serious disconnect between the customers and ourselves. We know what their car needs. We know what should be done to their car, but they're not hearing it. They almost need to hear it from us. And that's why really uh, doing the, the service walk-around videos has worked so well and is as is, is important as it is. Because if you show somebody that their tires are bald and you say to them, hey, your fucking tires are bald, you need to replace them. They may not fucking hear that from their service advisor. The service advisor might just hand them their keys and say, see you later. I'm sure that this has happened. In the last three years that we've been doing the videos in my shop, I'm sure that this has happened. Where the customer comes in, the service advisor hands them their keys and says, here you go, you're all set. And the customer goes, wait a minute. Where's the estimate that, that that you guys made for me? The technician in the video said that I needed tires and he was going to send me an estimate. And in the in the service advisor's mind, he's saying to himself, fuck, I didn't want to talk to that guy. God damn it. No, he's not going to say that out loud. He's certainly not going to say that to you or the service manager, but that's what he's thinking. I don't want to talk to this fucking guy about tires. I want him to get the fuck out of here and leave me alone. I'm sure that that has happened probably Dozens of times a week. That's where part of the problem is, okay? How much do people think car repairs cost? It doesn't even matter what they think how much it costs. What matters is how much it really costs and how you prepare them for that. I will tell them in the video, say, listen, you know, you got these great big fat fucking tires on your car and they're shot. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is going to set you back quite a ways. I'm going to send you an estimate and you can decide what you want to do from there, but you need them. Unfortunately, they're expensive. But here you go. That's not what they're, they're not going to hear that shit from their service advisor. The service advisor is just going to quote them a price. And in a lot of cases, I think that sometimes when the service advisor quotes a price for something, they hope it's so fucking high. The guy says, fuck that. I'm going to go somewhere else. And in the back of the mind, they're thinking, good, get the fuck out of here. Let me move on here. I diatribe over. Okay. Uh, I just, I would just have problems everywhere I go with service advisors not doing their job correctly. And that's all. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, here's what it says here. Such fears may be well-founded. How much do you people think car repairs cost? Such fears may be well-founded. The survey also found that many people do not have a good idea of how much certain major car repairs actually cost. If people don't know the cost of a potential vehicle repair, it can make the actual cost all the more shocking. That's definitely true. I mean, it's like when I go to buy groceries and I buy $50 worth of groceries and it ends up costing me $80 fucking dollars. I don't like that. But, uh, you know, I got to deal with that shit. So these people can deal with this. Uh, here's a little chart here. And I'm going to kind of <laughs> put it to you. This is beautiful. This is really a beautiful piece of uh, data for you, folks. On average, how much do a thousand Americans think it costs to replace blank? A, a transmission. The median answer was $2,000. Now, you and I could probably rebuild a transmission, take it out, rebuild it, put it back in for $2,000 for ourselves. But the actual cost 
here that they have listed is anywhere between $4,000 and $7,000. How many people, it says here, how many people underestimated that cost? 76%, which means 760 people out of 1,000 estimated that a transmission's a hell of a lot cheaper than it really fucking is. How about brakes? Here's a good one because uh, everybody really has to pay for brakes at some point in time. Uh, The median answer was $300. Uh, obviously brakes doesn't break down what you're going to get. It doesn't say pads, rotors, sensors all the way around or just in the front or whatever. You know what I mean? The actual cost was $300 to $800, 43% or 430 people underestimated the cost on those two. I think that that's a big one, uh, especially where I work. The OEM brakes are super expensive as far as I'm concerned, even. And I work there. They're super expensive. Uh, so if I quote you for four, uh, for brakes, for pads and rotors all the way around all four corners on your vehicle, it's going to be a couple fucking grand. It's, it's an enormous amount of money. And that's, and of course that's after labor, but still, uh, and, and I get a pretty good chunk of labor there as well. And, and I'll be honest with you, the labor makes it worth it to do it, but it's so fucking dirty that I would prefer not to really, because it doesn't, it doesn't tax me intellectually. It doesn't tax me mentally to do brakes. It's just sort of like being a coal miner. You know, you're going to get filthy, dirty, and you're going to make the brakes right. And you're going to, you know, I mean, in my case, I take them out and embed the pads to the rotors properly so the customer doesn't have to do it. And I make sure that everything's right, um, make sure everything's cleaned off, that all the rust is gone and everything's lubed up correctly. Uh, So it's a good value to have me do them, but I would prefer not to. I had a, a case not too long ago, well, it was a couple of years ago now, where I quoted brakes on a car and somebody came back and said, well, we measured those brakes and they really weren't due. And I said, good, fine, fuck them. I hate brakes. I don't want to do them. And they were shocked. They thought I wanted to do them and I just wanted to, you know, uh, to gouge these people out and do brakes for them and get money from them. But that is definitely not the case with your Uncle Jimmy. I fucking hate brakes. I'll do them. And would I have standards by which I do them where I do them properly every time i don't i don't cut any corners i get the job done right and uh but i get i get so filthy fucking dirty doing breaks and i really can't deal with that i mean i come home after doing breaks and i take a shower and i blow my nose and i've got it looks like a 3d printer was up my nose uh here's a good one this is the last one and then we'll get off here because i've gone on for quite a while and babbled on about a bunch of bullshit that matters nothing to anybody uh an engine okay they asked a thousand americans what they think it costs to replace an engine uh their their answer was thirty five hundred dollars yeah if you got a free engine and somebody was able to put it in for uh you know 10 hours maybe okay but the actual cost is anywhere between four thousand and ten thousand dollars and 530 people uh underestimated the cost of that i've had a few cases where i've quoted engines on cars and people are like yeah fuck that i'm not spending that much money on that and then i've had other ones where you think that they're never going to go for it and they go for it i that's another thing that we have going on is that some people will spend money on their car almost with glee and others won't spend a nickel on the fucking things and yet they have the money it's 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 ridiculous it's just so weird and difficult to figure out what goes on with people and their vehicles and and how they how they react to to what's going on with them uh but this little article here kind of put it out there that uh a lot of people are putting maintenance off putting things off and uh it's it's going to cause us to not have work at some point uh, like right now at least for me i don't know i hope that you're not experiencing this slowdown at your shop because right now we have uh and i like to say this i like to say this because i really feel like honestly it's true we have a really good crew where i work they work hard and some of them work very very quickly and i I can't keep up with them i gotta be honest with you i'm an old guy i move a little slower than most of them but i also have a real more a little bit more intensity uh in what i do but uh to kind of make up for that but we have been slow lately and uh they even though we have what seems like plenty of appointments we're just banging stuff out and getting stuff done and so uh, uh we're running into a situation where a lot of us are standing around and not really getting anything done and not making any money so uh and that situation is going to correct itself one way or the other and uh but that's a that's a subject for a future podcast. That's not for right now, okay? Having your customers put off repairs on their cars can be lucrative for you. My opinion is that I would rather do the maintenance than do the motor, than do the engine. You know, I'd rather do the brakes 
Then I have to recalibrate sensors on the front of the car after it got a brand new front end bolted back onto it after they straighten the frame. I would rather do the maintenance. It's cheaper. It's easier on me. It's easier on the customers. Uh, I think sometimes you just need somebody out there prodding these people along. Say, look, you you need an oil service, okay? These engines are a little bit more sensitive to what you've got going on, and uh, they re- they just require some uh, an oil service. That's all. That's all they ask. They're not going to ask you to take them out drinking uh, or go to the movies or to take them to a concert. They're not going to ask you to do things you can't do or don't want to do. They just want their oil change. That's all they really want. That's all they really want. They'll keep doing what they do. Just change the oil. It's not that tough. Uh, really, that's enough about this particular subject from your Uncle Jimmy. People putting off repairs may may make you happy. It doesn't really make me happy. We can all we can all agree to disagree on that particular case. I know some of you are probably like, "Fuck them, let them blow the engine up." <laughs> uh, anyway, that's enough for your Uncle Jimmy for one day, and he's going to sign off right now and leave you with uh, all of that to ponder. So he does the same thing every week, and it just goes like this. It goes, see ya. <laughs>